follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. I'm Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how you doing this evening? Doing good, Shad. Cool. Doing good. All right. Folks, we got something very special lined up for you tonight, but as we are wont to do, we're going to get our shout-outs out there first. The first one is going to be to Collar and Elbow, collarandelbowbrand.com, the wrestling brand, our affiliate. If you use the promo code Four Corners Podcast, that's the number four capital C in quarters, capital P in podcast with no spaces, you'll save ten percent off your order. They just dropped some new designs. There's a nice Coca-Cola style collar and elbow um, shirt out there that I'm looking at getting myself. They've got some nice hats. They've got a new GI Joe inspired shirt out there. Um, check them out. And we've got another shout out that we do, don't we, Matt? Uh, yeah, that'd be to Epico uh, slash, uh, sorry, Orlando Cologne. Yeah. Um, Orlando Cologne. I hope he. Uh, I hope he cosplays as a, uh, as an AEW star, perhaps. Ah, uh, wait. Maybe we can see that in the future. Matt, did you make a segue? I did make a segue. Oh, we got a segue. All as right. I, as I am known to do. By the <laughs> way, Shad, uh, I am wearing a collar and elbow branded. Sh- shorts because it's very hot in dc right now yeah i have the ac blowing on top of me at the moment uh but i have uh collar and elbow like camo shorts they're actually very comfortable so i suggest everyone (laughs) pick up a pair for these hot summer evenings yeah uh it's it seems like it's blazing hot most places in the uh, u.s right now but you made our segue talking about orlando cosplaying as an AEW star well hopefully he can do it as a hopefully he can just get a contract but speaking of cosplay yes we are going to have one of one of you might say one of the titans of that world here with us we have someone i would call my close personal acquaintance uh we have Nightmage joining us tonight. Thank you for joining us, Nightmage. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Wait, wait. Here's the thing. I'm just an acquaintance. I said close personal acquaintance. I don't want to make assumptions on your part. You well, see no, me like man. twice like, a year. I, I, I get it, but I thought we were closer than that. I thought we were just like <laughs> blood brothers or something, man. Oh, like, well, I'm, I'm happy to go with that if that's what you okay. say. Yeah. My close personal blood brother here. Should yeah, you should you right. properly classify him as a former twenty four seven champion? Oh God! <laughs> right. Yes. Former uh, Cincinnati Comic Expo twenty four seven champion Night Mage slash uh, Crunk, I believe it was for that one. It was Crunk. It was Crunk. We'll have to oh, get the uh, 
the video back out for that. Um, we did that. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Tomorrow, actually, I'm, I'm going to post that video. That was that was awesome. actually probably the funnest video I've ever done. That was amazing. <laughs> hey, uh, Nightmage, have you ever seen uh, the DDT Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Championship? No. So it's it's essentially the same idea as the 24 belt, but this is in Japan, so like they got really crazy with it. So, like ladders have won it, a dog won it, the belt won itself at one point because a guy <laughs> KO'd the champion and put the belt on him, and they counted it. Um, and it's had literally, I think it's had it's been around since like the late 90s, but I think it's literally had like 2,000 title holders. All right, that's brilliant. Didn't that's a, brilliant. like a, a Spider-Man win it at a at San Diego Comic Con, and then Christopher Daniels ran him down to win it back? No, Kazarian grabbed him from behind, and and Christopher Daniels smashed him in the face of the title belt, and then they pinned him <laughs> on the. <laughs> okay, I know. I think I do remember seeing that about San Diego. They did that at, at San Diego Comic Con. All right, I do remember the seeing that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, you say that, and now whenever the ball gets rolling again, I'll have to bring the thing back. Well, here's the thing, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Every person I've seen in the past, like, I would say four or five months, yeah. I'm making sure I'm six foot away. So you're yeah. not going to get close mm-hmm. to me. No, no, saying. no. I said when this is over. I'm I mean, not it's sure. not going to be over, man. Like, we're, we're in the COVID, like era like it's not gonna happen it's not like it's not gonna be done until like 2050 uh they'll get a vaccine done before then okay hopefully no we're gonna i'm hoping so well we're gonna we're gonna have like we're gonna be on planet of the apes like before uh (laughs) covid gets solved (laughs) we're just gonna walk one day just like walk around and see the statue of liberty buried in sand and just Randomly say you blew with it the surgical with the surgical mask on with the surgical mask. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, the first thing we're going to do is since we are a wrestling podcast, uh, we're going to. I know uh, Night Mage is a fan because he showed up wearing a hoodie that was to one of the superstars, and I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he didn't get it at Goodwill. So, um. <laughs> Our usual leadoff whenever we have a guest is to say, you know, hey, um, when when did you get into wrestling? What was your, kind of your history with it? Who were your guys? All that kind of good stuff. Yeah, man. So um, you alluded to it. So I'm I'm, I'm wearing a Randy Orton hoodie. I forget. Legend Killer himself. Yes, I'm, I'm a Randy Orton fan. Um, I got into wrestling. It was because of my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little quick backstory. My dad, um, he was born in 1912. He had me when he was 67 years old. So pretty older wow. dude. Yeah. Right. And he was huge into wrestling. That was back in the NWA days. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just, I, I, you know, I would just, just try and bond with him. I would watch it. And his favorite wrestler of all time was Sting beach Sting. you know? <laughs> and, and I got into beach Sting, man. I, I love Sting. Um, Lex Luger, back the, the the Four Horsemen. Oh man, like the whole NWA days, that was my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of discovered WWF, and to me, it was watching W, like, watching NWA and WWF was like being a fan of Marvel and DC. 
Mm-hmm. So it was like two totally different worlds. Like one, you love the characters, and the other one, you love the storyline. It was just two totally different, you know, universes. Um, and and that was kind of just how I how I fell in love with wrestling. And um, over the years, I just I followed it, and then I, I would say probably right off the like the Attitude Era, I kind of got out of it. Um, that was like in my college days, so I was kind of preoccupied with other stuff and. I, I didn't watch it, and then um, probably in about like 2000, ah man, probably about 2010, 2011, I got back into it again, mm-hmm. and now yeah, I'm, I'm full fledged back in it. That's funny, your your time frame getting back into it. We had an episode not long ago where we talked about the uh, we talked about the era of the aughts and how it was kind of a kind of a forgotten era. So mm-hmm. it's uh, I, eh, that's just callback there to try and get people to go back and listen to that one more. Uh, <laughs> have a, hey, Nightmage, have you tried uh, all elite wrestling yet? I have, and I love it. So I love the fact that they they're fearless, man. Like they're doing a lot of things. Um, they're doing a lot of things that WWE won't think about doing storyline wise, move wise. It's just, um, I, I love the fact that they're giving the wrestlers free reign to be themselves. They're giving the wrestlers free creative reign, and I think that's that's amazing because when you do that, you're like these wrestlers. Nine times out of ten, when they're when they're told a script, you can tell it. It's, I mean, you can easily read it. They're told a script. With AEW, everything just feels organic. I mean, not everything is a hit. But you know what? At least they're giving their all, and that's that's I that's what I really appreciate. And also, it's it's, it's kind of more action driven. It's not story oriented. There's story in it, but this is just more action. I just I, I love AEW. Um, the fact, honestly, the fact that I'm actually going to see Jericho versus Orange Cassidy, like to me that. It's, it's a dream match I didn't even know I wanted. <laughs> I love that description. That's a that's a great point because who would have thought like as we entered twenty twenty, like that would be a match people would want to see. Right. And actually really want to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's I have to agree with you in, in seeing so many of the uh seeing so many of the um the guys in the EW what they're doing, it's like you know, we we talk about it, and I try not to hammer on it too much. But in my ring time, I hated the lay it out piece by piece style thing because because I wouldn't remember, and I was going to screw it up just because I, I it wasn't natural for me. So I really appreciate like what AEW is doing and that sort of stuff, and and you can tell that a lot of the guys are doing stuff that's extensions of themselves, and it just fits. And Orange Cassidy is hilarious. And brilliant. The guy has found a way to be one of the most over-wrestlers in the world by doing almost nothing. My hat is off to him. And the thing is, when it comes down to it, the dude can go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Matt, you were going to say something? Yeah, I thought unfortunately we're uh, we're not we're not advanced enough to have like a video component <laughs> for our podcast, but we do have video enabled for the Skype call, 
with Night Mage, and I see yeah. Night Mage has a has a championship belt on the shoulder. Just was gonna ask like what that what that what championship is, he is. This is my custom. This is my custom Night Mage international cosplay championship belt. Yeah, right. Nice. I got. Yeah, I got my brackets on here. I got my uh, Leo sign for my for my for my birth sign. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I got I got the bad mother foamer. Bad mother foamer. <laughs> I got <laughs> I got my king of the picklebacks because if you party with me, you know that I love me some picklebacks. And then I also have the most important thing: the state golden bracket for the Golden Girls. <laughs> That's, That's right. been a resurgence that I, I did not expect to see. Uh, resurgence? Golden Girls have been, I don't know, it's not a resurgence. Golden Girls are forever. In my circle, it's been a resurgence. I, I didn't see anything about them since the, their original run, and now all of a sudden they keep showing up, and I'm like, hmm. I would, I would blame you for it, but then I've got friends who have no idea, like, not following you or anything, so what, um, what am I going to do, right? Shame. The, th- the thing actually about the Golden Girls is funny is you talk about a resurgence, but actually I guess a lot of shows back then, when you look back at them, they told so much. Like there is so much knowledge that holds up today. And you're kind of like, man, if we would have just listened to Dorothy all those years ago, we'd be in a better place. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. We just ignored them. So tell me, historically, I mean, just hey, if, if you were going to have your top five or your Mount Rushmore or whatever term you like to use of favorite wrestlers, who would go on it? Oh, dude. Um, oh, man. My, oh, all right. So all right, I got to do four, right? It's four. On Mount well, Rushmore. It can, you can do you can do Mount Rushmore. You can do um, top five. Just all right. Let's not have the list be too long. We got some room oh, for right, expansion. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do top five. Um, right. I mean, right off the bat, I got to go with kind of the person who's, at least for me, who did start it all. And I got to go with Hulk Hogan. And I, you know what? The funny thing is I kind of alluded to this today in a post on Facebook was about separating the art and the person. Like maybe I don't agree with the person per se and their views, but the art, like Hulk Hogan, when even now, if his theme song hit, I'm getting goosebumps. He's he's to me, he's that Christopher Reeve Superman and he's always been. So Hulk Hogan as that character, as that gimmick, he's going to be up there. Um, right, right next to him, Ric Flair. The Nature Boy, say on the same token, it's that it's that Marvel DC, you know, Marvel might be Hulk Hogan, DC's Ric Flair, so they go neck and neck, same exact thing. Um, Sting, Sting is going to be up there, and I, I guess you could do a toss up between Crow Sting and Beach Sting, but just Sting. Period. Uh, Undertaker is going to be up there, and. <sighs> The last spot, the last spot, I'm torn between three people. So I'm torn between Stone Cold, The Rock, 
and John Cena. And the Stone Cold and Rock, probably you already know, that that's obvious, but John Cena, primarily because I respect the crap out of the person who he is so much that it transcends over to his character. So... I, I don't know. Like I, I hold him that in that much regard that it doesn't matter his wrestling skill, just him as a person just overshadows all of it and just elevates him. So it, it's one of those three. Okay. I, I I understand the the whole reason they can't tr- ever turn John Cena heel, right? Right. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Uh let's see here. Okay. I like maybe I feel like kind of that Mount Rushmore is kind of um I feel it's generic. I mean maybe it's kind of cookie cutter. You know what's funny is we've done we've interviewed a couple of wrestlers on this show and the universal answer coming from people that have become wrestlers is also always Macho Man Randy Savage. That we And Flair. Can, yeah. Flair's in there a lot. Yeah. So I don't feel like that was a cookie cutter answer at all like that's you picked like arguably the biggest stars in the last like 30 40 years so i feel like if you're going to pick like your mount rushmore like those are pretty good guys to pick okay and all i appreciate right. chad we have another one who is a, a big sting fan yes yeah. good matt, matt and i are both big sting fans it's um yeah last yeah last year like i don't nor i don't get nervous meeting famous people because they're they're just folks right and, you know, you, you, you talk to them and you joke a little bit and you cut up and they have a good time, too. You know, uh, you met like Jonathan Frakes, Commander Riker. And it's just, you know, have a good time. No big deal. I met Sting and I got nervous because it's Sting. Right. Like uh, that's that was that was a thing for me. But um, no, it, I, 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 go ahead, Matt. Sorry to cut you off. Shout out. Okay. I was like the same way, like uh, about a year ago, I. I got my like I got something signed by him and I got a photo taken and I was like just like I was kind of nervous and a little bit starstruck starstruck I just got my autograph I got my photo and I was like thank you and I just like scurried away and he was kind of I he actually I think wanted to converse for like a minute or two with me just because that's he was just that's how he is with fans and I, 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 I was just too nervous I'm like I'm like thanks and I just like walked away <laughs> was he in the makeup yeah, he was in full gear. Yeah. When I met and him, he, he was had in... a... mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Matt, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's funny because there was actually like a huge line for him. And then literally like right next to him was Cole Sprouts, who is like one of the guys from Riverdale. And that's a, a huge store, a huge uh, show, especially with like young people. And Sting had like more people in his line. Than the Riverdale guys did, which was so fun to me. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. So, uh, listen, I, I've I've dropped this on the. I think I've dropped this on an early episode of the show, but I believe you did a little bit of costuming stuff for some guys that are currently employed by a big company for a special event. Am I am I correct on that? You are correct. You are correct. So is that a story you would like to tell, or are you under yeah. an NDA? <laughs> no, 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 not anymore. No. Um, so yeah, actually, <laughs> the, the way that actually turned out was 
Um, so I'm into the cosplay thing. Yeah. And um, if you are familiar with the New Day, Xavier Woods, he is a huge nerd. He's a huge geek. He's big into the cosplay convention scene and gaming scene. And um, so I actually I ended up befriending one of his best friends, uh, Michael Mosley. And he's like, hey, hey, man, uh, just so you know, like Austin, he's Xavier with Austin. He's he's a big fan of yours. And I just like instantly just poop my pants. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, oh my God. So he's like, yeah, man, like you want to talk to him? So he hooked us up and um, we just kind of fangirled over each other. And so a um, short time later, Michael called me up. He's like, hey, um, so I'm doing some stuff for WrestleMania and um, I just want to know. Do you want to do some stuff for Becky Lynch? And I'm, I was driving my car, and I literally just had to pull over and just like catch my breath. I'm like, uh, yeah. So um, I ended up doing some stuff for Becky Lynch, which actually did not end up getting aired because they were right at the gorilla position, and um, Triple H ended up telling her to take off all the gear. Like the, she had some mechanical. Um, it was back when her steampunk days. So she had these mechanical wings for WrestleMania. She had these mechanical wings. She had the steampunk pads that I made for it. So she was decked out. Well, I mean, it kind of basically turned out that they didn't want her to upshow Charlotte. I get it, you know. But so, so they made her take everything off. Had to go to position, and um, I was devastated. Oh my god! So I ended up, um, end up next year doing the uh, couple stuff for for Xavier and New Day painting some some of their Seon armor and yeah man it, it's 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 kind of crazy it's, it's always been crazy to idolize all these guys and then actually being able to work with them and do some stuff for them especially with something that I am passionate about so dude yeah that that was an amazing experience I would love to after everything's over with the covid stuff I would love to actually get back into try and do some more stuff. If I was still wrestling, I'd ask you, but uh, that ship sailed a long time ago. Um, all right. It, what Do you have a favorite wrestling style that you like to watch or anything? You a technical guy? You a brawler guy? You a half-line guy? You know what? It depends on if you can tell the story with it. Um, I'm, I'm a tech like Dale Bryan... I love his technical style because he could tell a story with it. Mm-hmm. Brent Hart, I was always, I love him because he could tell a story with it. So it, it depends on um, your style. It depends on if you can tell a story with your style, like Ricochet. Ricochet is a very fast paced. I think in WWE, they've kind of tamed them down a lot, they have. but yeah, you know, but him, you know, full go like him. I love his style. I love the luchador style. I, I love all styles, but it just depends on the individual and if you can, like I say, if you could tell a story with the the opponent. That's that's to me is the the biggest thing. That is a very good answer from a wrestler standpoint. <laughs> hey, since, like that a lot. Since you're a cosplayer, do you like um, Pentagon Junior? I <laughs> I do <laughs> I do actually. Um, I'm not a huge fan, but I respect the crap out of Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I just wondered because he's kind of got a very ornate look to him. And you know what? Actually, I mean, 
if you notice, a lot of these wrestlers, man, like every like pay-per-view or a big show, like they're decked out. Like that's like their that's like their convention. Like they're going all out in their in their in their ring gear and stuff. And so many within I would say the past like five years, nine times out of ten, someone's doing some kind of superhero theme or something. You know what I mean? It's it's actually really cool to kind of Easter egg spot it out. You know, like oh man. Yeah, that's an Easter egg to Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel or Wolverine or, you know, yeah. it's, it's actually really cool to see everyone kind of um, hide those little things in their in their in their garb. Yeah, Finn Balor, before he was in WWE, did a Venom cosplay once. <clears throat> that's that, yeah. Ray, you get a few Ray had a history. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, Finn Balor also did a cosplay, I think, of like the Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah, he did that one. I think in in Japan or somewhere else. Uh, Shad, you're right. Like Ray did a. I know Ray did, has done like a few. He did one as every, Flash, I think, one time. Every Mania, he was he was a different superhero for it. So it was Flash and Daredevil and and then like when Wonder Woman came out, it seemed like every woman on the roster had Wonder Woman themed gear. And then uh, Seth Rollins did a Thanos at one point, except uh, he had yeah, the whole boot that. instead of the hand. So yeah, I agree. It's really fun to see. And it something I've said in the past is that um, wrestling is the closest thing you get to live action superhero stuff. So of course they're going to dress in the the big colorful costumes and stuff because it's supposed to be larger than life. I had. Um, I had a set of ring gear that was uh, red, white, and gold because I was going for the Shazam motif. I ended up looking like a you know dollar store Jushin Thunder Liger without a mask. But um, what are you gonna do? Uh, all right, hey, you did it though. That's hey, that's that's all that matters. You yeah. did it. I'll, I'll wing you a picture. I, I gotta ask them. So if you had a second go at it, is there a specific theme you would go with right now? For gear or for gimmick? Both. Well, the gimmick I ended off with was uh, a Bray Wyatt ripoff, which was great, but it it kind of ran its course. I think it's. I, I told this story once before, but I didn't tell it to you. So for longtime listeners, I apologize. You're going to hear a repeat. But so I'm doing this crazy hill preacher gimmick in the mountains of East Kentucky, where I grew up. And I'm in the promoter's hometown and I'm out there working the mic and I'm trying to, I'm trying, I want them pissed off because I'm doing this, I'm doing this title program with one of their really popular guys and all this sort. And so, uh, the problem is that the Solomon was the gimmick and sometimes Solomon's mouth would pick up and run. You've met Dr. Insano, Michael, um, uh, same kind of thing. I never know what's going to happen with Dr. Insano. I didn't know what was going to happen with Solomon and uh, you know, Eastern Kentucky has had a long storied history with the drug epidemic. And my statement was all this stuff that's happened, the drugs, the overdoses, the theft, the recidivism, all this is because you enable it. You don't you do not stop it. It's because the black chains that corrupt your heart enable this and let this happen. And I stopped to take a breath and I realized the building has gone dead quiet. And I went. I have either killed the town, and this is the promoter's hometown, so he's going to be pissed, or there are going to be people waiting for me in the parking lot. <laughs> All of a sudden, the baby's face's music hit, and I see 
like half the building stand up and go, kill him, kill him, you know, just and I'm just like, oh, I didn't kill the town. Crap. <laughs> and I stayed in the locker room until after midnight that night, just to be safe. Because it would not be the first time that people squared up in the parking lot on someone after it. I had middle schoolers square up on me in a parking lot after a show. And and it's not the first time it'll happen. It ain't going to be the last. So I am I probably wouldn't go back to that one. I just, I can't dredge up that kind of anger anymore. The I think the thing I, I told Matt and Brad about it before is that I would do this kind of goofy dancer style gimmick and then, you know, the guy puts me down, he comes up, you know, boom, 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 and I'm laying there in the middle of the ring, and it's time for the comeback. And I'm laying there, and I call the referee over, call the ref, and he leans down, and I tell him, and he goes to the corner, he points to the sound guy, he goes, hit it! And then you hear, you know, staying alive, staying alive, and I, like, start twitching on the mat and work my way up and do the comeback through, like, dance music or something. Because I didn't do any goofy comedy stuff. You know, everybody at the time was just super awesome. You know, like the low-key mindset of super awesome, badass, kind of thing. And it didn't have any fun with it. So, yeah, I would totally go with something goofy. And, like, like shiny disco shirt or something, you know. Just go totally silly, over the top. Like, try to be so goofy everyone could enjoy it and then have a good match out of it. I've... I've been pestering him that he needs to go back as a manager and do a gimmick where he's in a wheelchair saying he needs a wrestler so he can afford his medical bills. And then he's obviously, like, he's asking, like, the fans for contributions and stuff. A guy did this in Smoky Mountain Wrestling named Ron Wright. That's where I got the idea. And then during matches, he'd get out of the wheelchair when the ref wasn't looking and, like, help the... Yeah. Actually, that might work. I'm not going to lie. Well, oh, no, it didn't work. A guy did in Smoky Mountain Wrestling because he had been, like, a heel in that area for, like, decades. And then he would, like, do these promos. like, well, you know, my heart medicine is costing me a lot. And, you know, winter's extra cold this year. <laughs> he had the old man blanket over his lap. Yeah. And then we watched a show on this, and he, like, his his specialty was the chain match. So he, his guy was having a chain match, and he he gives him his chain, but because it's, you know, it's Tennessee, he gives him the chain in a Walmart bag. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That that was masterful to watch. Brad linked us a, a Ron Wright promo last week, I think, and it was just... He's just so good at being a prick. It was so much fun to watch. Well, he sits down okay. to the, at the announce table. He's like, why do you always have this chair so low? <laughs> it's like, I don't set the chairs, Ron. That's not my job. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna parlay us into, into something I'm sure you get asked about more. But before we do that, there's a pressing storyline that's shown up in your social media time and again that we need clarification on. Why are your pets trying to kill you? <laughs> um, that's, you know what? It, that's just, I guess that's just what they do. Um, <laughs> so, so, and it always seems to be through my CPAP machine. <laughs> so I have, my, I have my CPAP machine and my cat, sassy cat, who I thought loved me, like she'll bite holes in it. One day I caught her actually turning the machine off while I was sleeping. Um, like I said, she, yeah, she'll bite holes in it. And then, then now Kyra, 
she'll rub up like when I take the mask off, she'll rub up against the mask. So then when I put the mask back on, like all her hair is in the mask. Uh, so I turn it on. And it's tell, like, tell her, tell her listeners what Kyra is. It's, oh my Kyra dog. She's a she's a um, husky. She's a husky dog. So she's not she's not fat. She's a husky and a she's, literal yeah, husky. She's not fat. She's husky. She's just a husky. <laughs> husky. She's a husky, husky. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think they just um. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I you've had all this build up. You need to get to the blow off. Um, <laughs> it's I can mark that one off the list now. <laughs> Pets Quest is marked off the list. Great. Great. <laughs> so so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna parlay us into stuff. I'm sure you get asked about more right now, but you know it, it's it's kind of the like. I, I was not even really being facetious when I called you one of the, the titans of the cosplay world because if you go down a list and ask for known names, you're always like one of the first ones that shows up. So, you know, quick overview. I know you do this a lot, so just quick overview or as much as you want to do or anything like that. How'd you come into it and 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 all that good stuff? You um, know, I, I think it's actually probably like most cosplayers. It's Halloween. Um, in 2011, um, I wanted to dress up as Jon Stewart for Halloween. And before then, I, I had never been to a convention. I didn't know what cosplay was or anything. I just wanted to be Jon Stewart Green Lantern for, for Halloween. And that wasn't a costume you could, you know, find at, like, Spirit Halloween. So, um, I crudely, you know, made the costume and went out to bars and had fun and a buddy of mine was doing a charity event and say, hey, you have this awesome Green Lantern costume. You want to kind of come out and just mingle with the crowd? Sure. So I did that, and I got asked to do another charity event and then another. So pretty much like all of 2012, that's all I was doing was charity events as Green Lantern. And then I ended up going on Facebook and <laughs> found out that there was like this cosplay community. And I was blown away. People were asking me, like, hey, what conventions do you go to? Never been to one. So I went to my very first convention at the end of 2012. And it was the Cincinnati Comic Expo, actually. And um, I've been, dude, I've just been enamored with the entire entire thing ever since. Like, I, I, went, I went as Batman. And as soon as I stepped on the floor... Like one of the first people to run up to me was uh, it was a girl, Becca Ford. She was dressed as Robin, and she said, "Oh my God, you look so awesome!" Like, "Oh my God, you look awesome!" And we just kind of, you know, just fangirl. You nerded together. on each other, yeah. Yeah, we just nerded on each other, and then you know, people wanted our picture. We literally stood there posing for pictures for like twenty minutes, and I'm like, "Man, this is this is awesome!" And and I just I, I fell in love with the community, and um. So then after that, I just I started making more and more costumes, and I wanted to keep the charity aspect at the forefront because that's how I got started. So when I started doing more and more conventions, I figured, okay, I'm starting to now get like invited to conventions like in, in different states, and it got to a point where I was like, well, I can either go to this convention in California and have this awesome experience. But I have a charity event to go to, too, that same weekend. How do you choose? So I figured, all right, well, let me kind of do both. So what I figured was I'll 
actually donate everything like like print sales, autograph sales, everything I make will go to this a local charity to whatever you know convention I'm at. So I can have the kind of the best of both worlds. I can be able to have this experience, but then be able to give back through it too. So I, that's what that's what I've been doing ever since. And um, to date, I've I've done about two hundred and probably about two hundred and twenty costumes now uh, for charity. I've raised over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for local charities all around the world. Um, I just, dude, it's just I'm blessed. I'm blessed as far as I'm able to have fun and be able to give back through it. Yeah. I was looking through some of your costumes earlier today and, um, I was highly impressed with your spawn. I, I don't think you're the only one, Brad. There's a story on that one too, isn't there? <laughs> the spawn, right, so the spawn, the spawn actually is probably the, the first costume that, um, kind of went viral and was just like, oh, wow, I guess people kind of like what I do, I guess. Um, that was that was the first con- the, the, the first costume that I did where it kind of hit me where, like, oh, wow, okay, maybe I, 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 I can do this. Maybe I, you know, maybe I can challenge myself more and more to do different costumes and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, Spawn was actually the very first, that, that was the catalyst to, to what what's happening now i'm kind of looking through again i appreciate i appreciate your deep there is i appreciate your deep dive for night thrasher by the way dude listen i oh i haven't night thrasher is amazing so under and that's the thing with me honestly a lot of people say well i i really appreciate the fact that you do obscure characters your 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 really deep cuts the thing with me is i have there's there's no character i won't that I won't say that I won't do. Like, no is not an option for me as long as I feel like I'll have fun making it. So if you requested a character right now, if I think in my head right now that, man, that'd be fun. Okay, it's on the list. That's that's the only requisite I have is I have to be able to think I'll have fun making it. And And to me, what cosplay is, cosplay is your fan art. So there's no right or wrong way to make fan art. So there's no, you know, I'll, I'll do, like, tomorrow I'm doing a photo shoot with Mystique. I'm doing Mystique. I'm a, you know, six foot, 255 pound black dude doing Mystique. Like, there's no, there's no, um, there's no qualms to, or, or right or wrong or anything for me to do any character. As long as I think I'm going to have fun. Um, the way I look at it, a lot of people say, well, how do you how do you curb like haters or people who say you can't do this, can't do that? Again, it's your fan art, number one. But number two is you, you take you take any character, you take Batman. Depending on the artist, director, actor, whoever's doing Batman at that time, Batman has been seen 20 million different ways, right? So to me, cosplayers are kind of those actors and artists and directors in their own right. So you are making Batman how you see Batman. You know, how come Batman can't look like you on Earth number 298? Like, there, there, there is a Batman that looks like you on Earth 298, and you're it. So there's no, you know, just, just do it. Um, and that's my kind of, that's my thought process on it. I'm, 
I'm, I'm just going to do any and everything. Very unapologetic. I also saw your gizmo duck. I thought your gizmo duck was hilarious. Well, thank uh, you. I, oh wow, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. You got to dig if you if you Google image him, you'll you'll find a lot of his stuff. You got to go down a little bit for Gizmo Duck. Well, uh, you talking about deep dives. Uh, oh, the Piccolo, Piccolo one's Piccolo good. Was, Piccolo. Actually, so Gizmo Duck, Gizmo Duck was one. That was the first time I used um, a hoverboard. So I <laughs> I actually use a hoverboard to ride around one. Oh, that's great. Um. Yeah, so that that was that was fun with that one. With Piccolo, Piccolo was kind of what re gave me a resurgence with the charity aspect. So with Piccolo, the 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 story with that, I've actually never watched Dragon Ball Z. I would say honestly, probably about sixty percent of the costumes I do, I've never watched the you know the cartoon or movie or any. I don't know anything about the character. I just liked the design, and I thought I'd have fun with it. So Piccolo was actually falls in that category. A guy had messaged me and said, "Hey, I really love your cosplay. I think you're awesome. I think you will look awesome as Piccolo. I am willing to pay you an undisclosed amount of money, a stupid amount of money, to dress as Piccolo. I know you love charity work, so do with the money what you want. I just want to see you as Piccolo." So I'm like, "Okay." So I made Piccolo and he paid up and I ended up going to Toys R Us and paying off layaways at the local Toys R Us. And that was, man, that was like 2000, that was like 2014. So that kind of like reinvigorated me with the, the charity aspect, but it also gave me the idea of, of, of doing the characters that, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't know the characters um, again, as long as you think you're going to have fun with it. What's, um, what are some things like, what are, what are some of your favorite like comic characters or like, is there anyone, is there anyone that you haven't done yet? That's like kind of on that, like someday, like that's my white whale that I'm going to, I'm going to tackle. If, if I had to just pick one Voltron. Yeah. Voltron is my white whale. Voltron is that that's, the lions. The lions. Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right. Um, once I do that, I'm retired. I'm done. I'm not making anything else ever again. Like, but that's the costume. I'm like, I I want to spend like twenty thousand dollars to make it, and I want to be like, freaking ninety feet tall and just you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like seriously, like that's 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 it. Um. Yeah, yeah. Voltron is, is that's my white whale. Matt, I think you were, uh, you had something you wanted to ask. Yeah. Well, no, I wanted to. If we're talking about deep dives, I appreciate that he did a he did a a costume of Savage Dragon, which was more of like a big thing in like the '90s, but it's kind of like fallen out of. Probably like most people don't really remember Savage Dragon. I would guess nowadays. Savage Dragon, I think, uh, with, with, I mean, from Image Comics, it was Spawn, Savage, uh, well, well, I guess Spawn, Savage Dragon, probably Youngbloods, but um, Savage Dragon was up in there with, with uh, Image. I mean, actually, it's still pretty, it's rather popular now, I guess. Um, it kind of just does its own thing. I think it's kind of like Spawn now, yeah. where 
you you're like you got in on the ground floor and you've stuck with it but like it might be a little might be a little dense for like a newcomer yeah yeah i think my favorite um go ahead matt oh sorry sorry uh chad uh i would say like he has a lot of obviously really more mainstream uh characters that he's done that's really good like your dark side was really awesome that was a really good costume yeah thank you i'm just trying to see that he's done a lot his his hawkman is fantastic yeah, your hawkman is good yeah. you might you might need to have some words with mark henry though i think he's honing in on your hopes of getting that movie role for dark side <laughs> <laughs> he can have it yeah. i, I bow to that that's fine that's I, I keep I keep intending to follow your advice on. I have a, a costume build I keep intending to do, but with two small children, I'm, I'm I haven't set the time to work on it. But I have a guardian angel idea I'm I'm going to do eventually with that the wing recommendation you made, and I think my favorite, maybe deep cut um, of yours that I've seen, oddly enough, is Icon from Milestone Comics, because oh wow yeah. Uh, that okay. I knew I learned about Milestone because of the Milestone DC crossover. It had hardware and uh, Static. I think came out. Static Shock came out of that, and um, I can't remember the name of the team, but it had Brickhouse and Aquamaria and all of them. And then they had this crossover where it was kind of the precursor to the Amalgam universe. Oh, um, but. It was it was this partnership crossover because I think DC bought Milestone, and so you had Superman and Icon working together, and they were like, "Oh, I've read your stuff. And like, I've read your stuff." It's like, "Wait, I have stuff on your Earth." It's like, "Yeah, I have stuff on your Earth," and like, "Yeah," and th- that was a really fun crossover to read. And um, the I, whenever I saw Icon, I was like, "This dude knows what's up, right?" Like he he, he knows what's he knows what's up. The the one I've been I've kept my mouth shut, but the one I've kind of been waiting on to see if it happened would be Steel, John Henry Irons. I, uh, yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's a tough... I can't... I, honestly, I, I can't get excited for Steel. Like, I, again, Superman... I, Icon... Mm-hmm. I, Icon next to, next to Century. Icon mm-hmm. is probably the closest thing you're going to get to Superman for me, and... Like I would love to just do a classic Superman costume, um, and, and that's got to happen sooner or later. But Steel, I'm not man. I cool concept, cool dude. I love him, but I just I can't get excited about making that again. That's fair. That's that's the key. I have to be excited. Like. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be fun. And here's the thing with me. Honestly, like, tomorrow I might be wake up and have my coffee and be sitting on the toilet and then all of a sudden just think, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, still might actually sound fun. And I'm like, you know what I mean? But right now, I'm just like... I, it feels, yeah. it no, feels to me like because you've done Cyborg, it feels like if you've done Steel or Cyborg, you've done about 80% of the other character because it's kind of a similar guy in armor. It is. I mean, like I've done, I've done, I've done Colossus, and that, and, and the thing with, if I did Steel, I would probably do, man, definitely I would do makeup, I would do mm-hmm. makeup with the face, um, because he's bald, so that's great. 
Um, I would do a definitely a combination of like a bodysuit, airbrush bodysuit, with a little bit of foam armor, just like a little bit of foam armor, not a lot. Yeah. Um, like I don't know, man. Like it just doesn't sound like it'd be much of a challenge, does it? No, it's not. It's not even necessarily a challenge. It's just about fun, and I have to envision myself as it. Like it sounds stupid, but. I have to actually like envision myself as this character and I'm doing like a motion as this character get myself hyped up. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of weird, but like, I can't envision myself as steel. Like, I feel like with steel, I'm like, eh. it's just, I don't know. That's no, fair. I, I, have to, I have to get pumped up for it. And, I always liked yeah. steel, like from the, uh, the reign of the Superman thing. I liked steel. Cause he was the only one that actually seemed to, care about helping people yeah. you know Superboys, a teenage narcissist the eradicators the eradicator the cyborgs the cyborg and so the only one who was like actually behaving like a superman was steel so I'll, i've always liked him and i was just kind of curious if it would happen but i, no, totally I know get i 100 percent agree with you with that like if i'm going with all the other superman like yeah definitely steel is is tops and 100 percent agree with you um I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Imagining Shaq as still like that still kind of hurts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Okay. I completely purged that from my memory until just now. <laughs> no, we started. He did that. We started talking about it, and I'm like, oh gosh, there was the I, movie. I about that one yeah. because if I rip on Shaq, I always go for the low hanging fruit of Kazam. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I, all right. I'm looking through the pictures, see. like you, there's just some really great ones. Like I like your Goliath from Gargoyles, uh, Omega Red. I think I saw Morbius in there from Marvel. Yep. Oh uh, yeah, dude. So this is how oblivious I am. Um, so a dude I'm friends with, he's like, hey man. Um, I just want you to know, I had sent your picture over to a friend of mine who is dating um, one of the band members from um, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, sweet. And he's like, yeah. And, and you know, the, the lead singer, he said he loved it. He thought it was, it was pretty dope. I was like, oh, sweet. Well, I didn't know that was Jared Leto. Like, like, wow! And then I'm like, oh, when I found out, I'm like, oh shh, yeah, like oh, oh, okay, I guess it's a big deal. All right, all right, awesome. Like this, that's how old and how out of touch I really am about things. Like I just, I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, I've got your Facebook pulled up here, so I'm scrolling through some of them. There's your Candyman, which I love. Uh, the thing I think I love most about the Candyman is how simple, but just just how clever your B solution was with the Cheerios. I love that. Um, that smells delicious. <laughs> did you get the three seashells working? I, I did not. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually hoping whoever comes over doesn't try and use them. Actually. <laughs> 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 okay, fair enough. That's a 
I just pulled that up, Chad. That's a really good costume. That's clever. Yeah. Candyman. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite horror movies. Damn. Hey. Yeah. So the chest piece is like, um, if you're looking at it, the chest piece, is actually underneath is just a regular like a, like a just a spirit Halloween like cheap skeleton chest piece, but I added Cheerios, so I hot glued like basically like three boxes of Cheerios in there to look like like um, maggots and then I painted some of them to look like bees and then I actually got some uh, decorated like bees from Michael's and put it in there and uh, a little bit of fake blood on the shirt I mean it's a very simple costume but I think pretty effective oh yeah it looks great they're actually I think they're gonna add it's rumored they're gonna add Candyman there's a there's a an online game that I play called Dead by Daylight that's got um it's killers and survivors, and they're probably going to add Candyman whenever his movie comes out. Have you been watching the trailers? I haven't. Um, I'm weird. I, I, I'm fascinated by the lore of horror movies, but I don't like watching horror movies. Okay. So, All right. Fair enough. That's. I recognize that's weird, but yeah, that's where we are. So um, let's see. I'm looking down, uh, looking down the list, and here's a question I got for you: Is you know you get to go to all these conventions and do all this stuff, and you're a guest form and that sort of thing. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that somewhere along the way you've either met or been introduced to, or someone has walked up to your booth to meet you, like other celebrity guests there. What what have been some of your the good experiences or stories worth telling about celebrity guests coming to that you got to meet? Um, oh man, it's so. I'll tell you the weirdest experience, and it and and this was a kind of a recent one. And after you know after doing it for umpteen years and umpteen conventions, it was this experience that I'm like, this is my life. So I'm I'm in Saudi Arabia. And I'm in the green room, and, and I'm dressed up as Avatar. Yeah. Okay. And I'm sitting next to Steven Seagal <laughs> and William Shatner in the green room, just chilling, eating, drinking. And they're sitting there having a conversation about real estate. <laughs> and it was at that moment, I seriously just had an epiphany. I'm like... This is my freaking life. Like, <laughs> I don't like. I, I've, I mean, you know, it's just. I don't know, man. It's it's very surreal. Um, another time that I love and and whenever I run into him now, we kind of joke about it. But Lavar Burton, the very first time I did a convention with Lavar, he walked in on me in the bathroom as I was changing, and I was butt naked. And the thing was, with the bath, we were in, it was a, it was a Canada show, and the way the bathrooms locked was really odd, and I just couldn't figure it out, so I said screw it. So it did, it wasn't locked, and he just walked in, and I'm sitting there changing, I'm butt naked. He's like, oh my god, did you lock the door? We're like, oh man, I'm sorry. I didn't know. So like every time I see him now, is like we kind of joke about that, but it's just 
it, again, it's very surreal to think, you know, you, you grow up watching these people <laughs> and idolizing these people, and then you're kind of working side by side with them. And then not only that, but then, you know, you think they're random meetings, but then you see them again and they remember you mm-hmm. and they conversate with you. They're interested with you to find out, you know, what's been going on with you, blah, blah, blah. They follow your, you know, your adventures and stuff. It's very, um, it's very humbling. Awesome. Your your two stories crack me up because first of all, the, the last episode we did was actually about Star Trek, and I think I I espoused my love for Lavar Burton in it, in just loving things that he's done, and then him being in Community and doing that gag with um uh with Donald Glover about how he freezes up and and can't talk yeah. to Lavar Burton and stuff and. How I fell out of my chair laughing at that, and then um, so he he just seemed like a human being that that just seemed like a, a fantastic person I'd love to meet at some point. Um, but then your first story, I'm I got stuck imagining that conversation. It's like so I bought a bought another horse farm, and seems goes like, yeah, man, you know you got to do it, you got to keep it in the light, not go into the darkness too much. That's right. It was just the weirdest. Again, yeah, you're exact. It's just the weirdest thing that you're like, what is happening? I'm gonna that that idea is gonna be stuck in my head for weeks now, and I'm gonna end up writing this conversation out. I, I'm not gonna be able to <laughs> help the, myself. It's like the second time you saw Lavar Burton, like you kind of look familiar. It's like, here, let me just drop my pants, and you'll recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. It's true, but it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. um, here I'm gonna. Dra- I'll drop a, a different question. We're gonna mix realms now, but I know I've seen one. I've seen the Sting one, but how many wrestler cosplays have you done? Um, you know, actually two. Um, just yeah, the Sting actually, which. When I did Sting, that was, like, very in my early stages of just, like, playing around with makeup. So, um, next time I actually do The Crow as a photo shoot, I'm going to probably just rework it and do Sting, too. Um, just because I, I know I've, I've learned different techniques since then to, to make it pop more. So, yeah, Sting. And the very first one I did was actually <laughs> was Zeus. From No oh, Holds Barred. Oh, that's right! Yeah. Oh, wow. For the longest time, everyone said, "Man, you look like you look like Debo. You look like Debo." I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to do. I'm not going to do Debo, but I'll do Zeus. And uh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> oh my God! And I just pulled it up. Actually, I, just I was actually supposed to do a show in Oklahoma. It was a it was a wrestling show um, last year and it ended up getting canceled. But uh, Tiny Lister was was a guest there, and so I'm like, man, all right, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna wear Zeus. I haven't worn it in a while. I'm gonna wear Zeus there. I actually sat there for a week and had a dilemma whether or not I should wear it because I didn't know if when I when I wear Zeus, I have a I have a, a white out eye that I put in for his for his kind of lazy eye. <laughs> and I, did, I was like, do I do that? Would that be offensive? Because I don't want this dude just to overhand. 
<laughs> and then thankfully the show got canceled, so I didn't have to worry about it. But I, I was seriously not like I don't I don't know he what seems to do. He's like a cool guy from like the interviews I've seen with him. So I don't know. There's always there's always the the danger of going up to see someone that you're doing a character based on because you don't know how they're going to take it. Like I was going to go meet Denny O'Neill twice and he, he ended up not going to either of the events I was at. And I had like my Bane costume, right? Like the, the one that I do, um, which (laughs) other than Dr. Insano, that's the one that people recognize. I've seen that Bane before, or they call me spawn. Um, but (laughs) The it, I'm like apprehensive because I'm like meet Denny O'Neill because I know he was working on Batman when the Bane storyline like is he going to be like God another one <laughs> or is he going to be like he's going to be like oh that's really cool man I like what you did and it's because in my head there's no in between there's right. no there was no just like oh okay cool here let me sign this thank you and you walk away and he goes or yeah I, like. I was I was almost certain it was just going to be like be like God man really come on, uh, <laughs> but you know I, I, I understand and, and you're giving me flashbacks to the Rob Van Dam shoot interview where he was talking about Shawn Michaels. I don't know if you ever saw that, but he he does the Shawn Michaels lazy eye in the middle of it. <laughs> it just blows my uh, Yeah, mind. they don't they don't bother me too much. But man, when you see like Robert Gibson, there's something about his that's just like distracting. Well, you don't like, know if he's if he's looking at Ricky Morton or the camera. Like uh, to be honest, I don't ever really notice it too much until someone points it out, and then I can't stop noticing it. You know. Like also with Shawn Michaels, like I never really, I never really noticed it until someone like said something about it. I'm like, I actually, now I, I can't. I actually didn't it. know that. Um, I'll have to watch now. <clears throat> so okay, uh, I've talked, I've talked plenty. Uh, toss the ball over to Matt. Matt, was there anything you had that you were wanting to t- chuck in right now? Oh no, not top of my head. I'm just okay. I'm still looking through costumes. I did find a picture of the Zeus uh, yeah. cosplay that he did, and it is fantastic. Yeah, that's I am, uh, That's ridiculous. That's what it is, dude. You came on a wrestling podcast and expect us not to talk about your Zeus costume? Have you ever thought about tackling a road just... war- one of the Road Warriors? Dude, I would oh, love to do the shoulder yeah. pads with the spike thing. So here's the thing, to be honest with you, the Road Warriors, the defining moment with the Road Warriors that jacked me up was as a kid was when they jammed their spike into Dusty oh, Rhodes' yeah, eye. Yeah, he got fired oh, for that. Oh yeah. For some reason, I can't, I cannot uh, not associate the Road Warriors with that, and so I don't know if I can do that costume. Like, I, I, I would love to, but I'm like, no, I can't do it. Like, you guys are jerks. I've got it figured out for you. I've got the answer for you. Do the Legion of Doom. You know, you suck. <laughs> we had we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago, Brad pointing out how the Legion of Doom were very much not the Road Warriors. I, okay, I, I was Fair just enough. telling I mean... him like, how much cooler like in the NWA like Iron Man would hit, and then you just have these two huge dudes like charging the ring and just beating people up. 
You know, you know yeah. what got me? Yeah. It's st- I still have trouble watching it. Is um, and and everyone's gonna know what it is, but Jake the Snake having the snake bite Macho Man. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. in WCW, one bit him in the face because he was trying to get it mad. It just like latched right onto his cheek or something. Yeah. I the the one thing I remember about I don't know I. As a kid, I think it's, my mind is playing tricks on me because it's not how it happened. But I almost remember, like, Jake the Snake trying to make it bite him. Like, he was, like, poking at at Macho Man's yeah, arm with was. the snake, like, three or four times. Yeah. Him. Oh, like, yeah. That's not really what happened, but I don't know. My mind oh, makes Jake believe. told that story on, on Joe Rogan. Um we I think we we touched on it once, but it was because Macho Man in order to he needed Jake to prove to him that it it had had its venom sakes taken out. He's like, because lots of people might be coming after the Macho Man's Intercontinental Title, yeah. And he he's like, you need to have it bite you so I know it'll be safe. And Jake's like, come on, man. It's like you know we're back here. I'm cold. My blood's not up. He's like, you need to do it. And so he did. He had the snake bite him. So whenever he took. Whenever Macho's tied up out there, Jake's statement was, I just paintbrushed the hell out of that thing to piss it off. And it just, he said it just sank in and would not let go. He's like, I might have done too good of a job. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll find that clip and send it to you. I do appreciate your dive going for the the Dusty Rhodes spike to the eye because I think he actually, I don't think he got fired for that. He got fired for the Starcade bleeding because they didn't want blood. Okay. It wasn't not of the Skywalkers. No, was that it? was like '86. That was um, that was a couple years before. This was this was um, they they were the champions and they had turned heel, and then it was Dusty Rhodes and Sting challenging them for the titles. Oh, okay. that was the same one where Rick Steiner won the TV title because he and um, Mike Rotunda went to overtime. Okay. Yeah, you you hang We're around with us. We're showing our age right now. We are really showing yeah. our age. Let <laughs> me tell you something, Sonny. Back in my day, Sting wore bright face paint. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you hang around us long enough, you're going to get a lot of that sort of thing. So, <laughs> you've been you've been doing this thing for for. I guess nine years now and all that kind of stuff. Not talking about celebrities, but talking about just other stuff you've done. Do you have any any stories that are favorites or any stories that you don't get to tell that you would like to? Man, um, that's t- that is a really tough question, man. Um, I don't know, like, um, not I'm not really like. Oh, you know, I guess one story is really fun to tell. Just because I don't think anyone's ever really done it, but so um, I was filming The Dark Knight Rises, and wait, what did you do for Dark Knight Rises? I was one of the uh, I was one of the Gotham cops. I was one of the I was one of the, I was an extra as one of the Gotham cops, but I was one of the stunt extras. So we were like up front, and actually, it's funny because. I'm in one of the international posters with, like, Bane and uh, Batman, like, head-to-head. And, like, my face is, like, right in between them. I'm, like, the only cop right there. 
Like, Do you have that like hung up with a big red circle around yourself or anything? I, I used to, and then when I moved, it got ripped. I was like, oh, oh. I'd go with but, that with packing tape. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, we're filming, and so uh, Christian Bale and and Nolan was walking down, and me and my partner were going over our choreography and stuff, and I ended up like coming back with an elbow. And I elbowed the crap out of Christopher Nolan in the chest, and it knocked him back. <laughs> and it was like literally like the entire crew just got, <gasps> and he just like all looked at me. Like, he was like, "Oh, he's he patting me up." He's like, "Sorry, right, right. It was I, I don't know. It was just very surreal. I was like, "Oh crap!" Like, what's going on? See, I. If whenever you're telling that, I thought you you elbowed Christian Bale and you were gonna stand there going, "Not so tough now, are you, Batman?" <laughs> <laughs> that would have been even better, though. <laughs> no, yours is good. You you clocked the director and he didn't get mad at you. That's he didn't get mad. He was good. He was good about it. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. He didn't go through and like like stealth edit you out of the movie or anything. <laughs> I, I mean, I was expecting it, but no. Yeah. <laughs> didn't do that <clears throat> I've been talking a lot again uh, Matt you got you, you got anything else you want to throw in no I'm I'm not the best interviewer so I'm, I'm trying to be a good brother here, here. <laughs> I'm trying to be a good brother no, I appreciate here. it and, and that sort of stuff so I, I like that you guys are kind of sharing the load you're you're you're, you're going tit for tat I like it well see here's the the problem is that if I get started, I, I tumble downhill like a snowball, and I'll just keep going and going and going, and I won't shut up, And to the detriment of some episodes in the past. So I'm, I'm trying to be conscious about it. Trying to be We've good. been friends for I don't know how long. I, I know this about you already. <laughs> well, that was for the benefit of our listeners. I'm aware of some of my shortcomings. That's, that's, it's not yeah, a shortcoming. It's awesome. <laughs> You're a very passionate person, and you once you get going, you man, you go. You you ain't heard me rant about something yet. There was a few years ago at Cincy Expo, they had um, the Star Wars author table in the middle, and Timothy Zahn wasn't there because if he'd been there, I would have been like, Mister Zahn, I love your stuff, but Kevin J. Anderson was, so I never went by that table. I always because it was right there in the middle of the convention floor. I always walk around the perimeter and then walk in to whatever I was going to because I did not want to bump into Kevin J. Anderson because I didn't feel like I'd be able to um, not uh, yell at him because by all all accounts, he's a really nice guy, but his writing style um, uh, pisses me off. Okay. So it was – I finished one of the – before the prequels, there were the Star Wars books, and in my head, they were categorized as there are good Star Wars books, there are bad Star Wars books, and there are Kevin J. Anderson books. And I finished one of them one day. Ah, I was a sophomore in high school. I finished one of them, threw it across my room, and like I was so angry I had spent hours reading it. Like I pushed the couch in my room over because I didn't know what else to do with that. So I was like, I'm not going to meet. Like I'll go the whole whole rant the next time we see each other, but um, I was just trying to be very careful about it. That's an um, anger issue there, man. I was a I was a stupid teenager, 
So, you know, that was that was so many moons ago. I'm trying to think of the um, last thing that would have <laughs> pissed me off that much, and I can't think of anything. It, it's been a minute. Um, it might have been Triple H, to be oh, honest with you. Oh, yes! The last thing that pissed me off like that was... <laughs> was um the Atari 400, the 007 Diamonds Are Forever game. Oh, wow. You're, man, <laughs> man you, you, are, you, are you really ready to out yourself as being an 8-bit computer guy? Because... Listen, man. I, I'm gonna, listen, this is the story with this game. It made me this mad. I was so mad at this game. It was one, one level I couldn't complete. I literally took the cartridge, threw it in the toilet, and pooped on it. And... <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking at all because my dad found it and he was so mad because obviously, you know, he bought the game, blah, blah, and I just, you know, but he was so mad. Yeah, that was how mad I was at that game. That game frustrated me to no end. I had to poop on it. That's, wow, you were like pre-Triumph Triumph. And I'd be willing to bet that's a story that don't come up in most interviews you get, does it's, it? It's really not. We're breaking new ground. I have to say, it's probably because I st- it still upsets me is that stupid Triple H pinning Booker T at WrestleMania. Is that 19 or 18? Yeah. I know by the look on Shad's face, he remembers it. It was 19. Yeah, that one still upsets me greatly. So that, that was the era where I wasn't watching, but... Even after getting back into wrestling and finding out that happened, I was mad. Yeah, that one lives, <laughs> off. That one lives on in infamy. Um, actually, Triple H beating Sting at Mania a couple years ago doesn't upset me because it, him winning matches he shouldn't was beaten out of me a long time ago. It's more just a, why did you do that? There was no need for that. Yeah. That was, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, good Lord. Uh, I was thinking back, you said, how long have we known each other? And I was like, that was, I think that was Lexington Comic X, Comic-Con 2013. Yeah. And I didn't know at the time. Okay, this is the funny thing. Is I didn't find this out for like two years. Because when I met you, you were dressed as Storm Shatter, as uh, Snake Eyes. And you were totally staying in character until I mentioned that I was doing a photo shoot with Wes Smith the next day. And then you totally broke character. You're like, oh, that's awesome. And you start, and I'm just like, oh, gosh, wow. I didn't, like, the only the only reason I knew Wes was because he randomly commented on one of my uh, Bane pictures from the year before. And so he's like, I want you to come do this. And I was like, well, do you want me to be Bane or make a new character? He's like, well, if you want to make something new, do that. Okay. And so I made that, like, Jonathan Crane just got fired Scarecrow costume with the mm-hmm. syringe fingers. I found out, you told me two years later how badly that glove creeped you out with the big giant needle. I, didn't, I had no idea. Yeah. And then I find out two years later, and I was like, oh, well, uh, at least I, I didn't know I was being a jerk. No, 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 no. I have a thing with needles. Like, I, like needles, uh, so, like, any kind of scarecrow stuff or just... just the nurse from um, Silent Hill, just needle, like needles, man. I can't, I can't handle. So when you're like, you're like very animated when you're, you're in cosplay, and yeah, that, yeah, that tore me down. Yeah, that was. 
the just to to give the backstory because a lot of folks that are listening are gonna be like, hey, you guys see each other like twice a year. How how the heck did you you know get to be friends? Here, this is another testament. Like you already talked about, you know how nice you are, you know doing your charity and that sort of stuff. But seriously, I was doing an event in my in where I live in my town that it was being put on by our library. It was a free event. And it was the first year it had been done. Hey, can you, um, thank you, Pips, for pulling my cord. Can you, um, can you guess? Yeah, can you get any guests to come by? I mean, I can, I can ask. And so I sent him a message, and he's like, well, when is it? And I'm like, uh, here's when it is. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll be there. And I was just like, what? Wow, I. <laughs> I didn't, uh, I didn't expect this to work. So, cause I had told him, I was just like, yeah, I can ask him. And, um, so we spent like the whole day at tables next to each other, you know, BS. Uh, you were Punisher, but I went through three costumes that day. Um, mm-hmm. just to see if I could do it. Cause I was Bane and then I was Punisher and then I was Dr. Insano to, uh, for the, um, the uh, the emceeing the costume contest, and so I was, you know, I was I was basically goofing off for the last half of the day, and you kept looking at me and being like, "What are you doing?" So, uh, you know, that's just I just wanted to put that out there as a testament, like you know, dude's a bro. Let's let's be fair. Uh, <laughs> that was a fun time, man. That was that was actually a really fun day. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, my wife became a fan from that too, just from from talking with you a little bit uh, on that. So, uh, what kind of stuff in the future would you like? If you had a wish list of stuff in the future to do, what would you like to do? Oh, man, I'm not talking about just costumes. I mean, yeah. you know, just kind of stuff in general. Nah, man, um. You know what? I would love to actually, I would love to actually do some like, um, some actually like movie prop work. Um, that would be fun. That would be fun to do some actually like like Hollywood movie prop work or or, or makeup or whatever something. Um, I don't know, man. I um, I to be honest with you, like again, I, I what I what I have done thus far wasn't planned it wasn't like a dream it was it just happened so whatever it is that i do tomorrow i'll be thankful for look at that he found a way to wiggle out of answering my question and sound like a good guy in the meantime (laughs) that's what Uh, i do i wiggle my way out of things Brad, did you have um, anything you were wanting to toss in right now? Uh, no, he's he's answered a lot of a lot of my questions. Were you a, were okay. you were you a um, comic book guy growing up or anything like that? I was. Um, my brother is actually who kind of got me into it. So my brother, um, he was a fantastic artist, and I used to watch him draw. Like, um, just different superheroes and characters. And 
you know, I remember like actually taking the characters and like taking them to school. I'm like, oh, look, I drew Ninja Turtles. I didn't know anything about Ninja Turtles at all, but you know, no one knew I drew them. You know, everyone didn't believe it, but it was just it was just fun to watch him do this. And then one day, um, he gave me one of his comic books, and I read through it, and I don't know, I just kind of got enamored with 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 his comics and stuff. And um, it was actually the Ninja Turtles that really got me into it. it then one of the first comics I remember reading was the black and white Ninja Turtle comic, like the gritty, like when they first came out, they were, they were, they were rough, man. Like they didn't care. And I remember when it came on TV, <laughs> the cartoon looking at the TV guide and seeing Ninja Turtles and running home to tell my brother, hey, Ninja Turtles are coming on. I was so excited because I knew he loved it and he got me into it. And so we sat down and watched it and it was the cartoon <laughs> and it was just like this really kitty version and he was so mad. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't understand. Like I, didn't under, I was like, it's Ninja Turtles, but I didn't understand that it just wasn't the same as you know, really the comic and the differences and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I distinctly remember that, but it was it was really my brother. My brother is the one who got me into the the, the geek culture, so to speak. To um, I'm sorry, I had found another one of your 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 <clears throat> deep pulls that I wanted to to champion for for just a second is I have never seen. And not only anyone do a costume for, but for years I'd never come across anyone other than my brother and I who even knew who the character of Bloodwind was. Well, I knew who yeah. that was. Yeah. Because he was, um. <clears throat> he was, um. Because I, mean, I know, because he was in that phase during the death of Superman storyline. Yeah. yeah. But it seemed like that he got memory hold for so many people. And then I wanted to give props, too, because you, uh. You gave me an idea that I'm going to do in the future whenever my oldest son gets a little little bigger. Is He, he gets a, a little bit older, and I know he'll be able to behave himself once conventions start happening again. And I'll put him in the red shirt and the blue jeans, and I'll get my Shazam costume out. Yes. And we'll, we'll meander around together. But yes. uh, that's just, just yeah, I had that idea, and I told my wife about it, and she's like, okay, you got to keep up with him all day, because I'm not coming along. <laughs> yeah, good luck with uh, that, man. Yeah, no, no, he'll be all right. He's a good kid. He's a good kid. Dude, yeah, like, going back, like, Bloodwind, like, that, to be honest with you, I, I didn't ever really, I don't know, I, I I always thought he just had a really cool look. I loved his look, and I know the big thing was everyone thought he was Martian Manhunter back, you know, back then. And I think that was initially the idea, but you know, DC obviously just went a different way with it. But I just I loved his look. Um, so again, it just it would just seem like it would be fun to do. And with the Shazam, Billy Batson, yeah, you you definitely need to. I, here's the thing I always say: if you if you cosplay Shazam and you know a kid that you can just borrow for a little bit, <laughs> like. Do it, man. Like it's it's just a no brainer. Like so, yeah. It's like you're alluding to my godson. He um he loves superheroes. He loves dressing up. And so I just had the idea. I was like, hey, you're gonna be you're gonna be Billy Batson. He's like, I don't know who that is, but okay. And he <laughs> loved it. You know, 
I would have to. So, yeah, yeah. I would have to, to look. It. I think Bloodwind had a DC trading card back when those were a thing. Probably. Remember yeah. that 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 they were the silver bordered ones. I think he. I think he had one for that set. I, I think Bloodwind had kind of a Candyman esque backstory too, but I'd have to go back and look. He did. I mean, he because he was very he like I said, he was a necromancer, so he was very closely tied to raising the dead and and this, like he could harbor souls and it was just yeah he was complicated very, yeah very complicated. <laughs> All right, I, I do have another question for you. And if you say, "Oh no, I don't, I don't tell it, t- tell this one," that's fine. But where did the Night Mage name come from? <laughs> um. All right. So did you play the Wiz that. Kids the Wiz Kids like miniatures game and just flip the words? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> do you remember? Um, do you remember the old reality show Who Wants to Be a Superhero? It was on Sci Fi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for season two, I decided to audition, and the whole premise of the show was you think of you have, you have to create your own character. Um, think of a backstory and a costume and everything. And then you go in the show, and it was kind of like Big Brother, where you live in this house, and you're all these superheroes living in this house, and then Stan Lee would come, you know, come on the video screen and give you a task. He would say, you know, go go down to the, the deli and give me a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing was, you would go down to the deli and get him a sandwich, but, like, someone at the deli would drop a $100 bill or something. Mm-hmm. And it was a test to see will you do the right thing and turn the $100 bill in? Will you keep it? You know, it, it was it was a test to see are you really that superhero that you, you're trying to be, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I auditioned for the show, and the character I came up with was Night Mage. And he is basically a cross between a Jedi Knight and Doctor Strange, um, the, the costume was really janky. Like it was, <laughs> again, this was way before I knew anything about cosplaying or anything. I just, I had a black, like a black robe. Um, and actually I'll tell a funny story with when I was filming the audition tape, but, uh, it was like a black robe and, and like a, a purple shirt. Anyways, I auditioned in, um, in Washington and I actually got a call back to go to Florida and then I actually got to be an alternate for the show. I was like a, a six alternate. So I never made the show, obviously, <laughs> but um, I never did anything with the character. And then when I started cosplaying, um, I had a Facebook page of Night Mage because I I just did a couple like YouTube shorts, stupid stupid like two minute shorts, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know the name just caught on and. It's funny because now today, like, I'll visit friends and, like, their kids call me Mage or Night Mage. Like, I'm not Michael anymore. It's just, you know, people just, literally, people will just call me Mage or Night Mage. And, and so, yeah, that's that's how the name came to be. Fair but, enough. But the story, so my costume, like I said, it was, it was a black, it was a black trench coat with a hood, right? So it was yeah. like a wizard hood. Well... When I was filming my audition tape, my initial audition tape, I had a huge fire pit in my in my one apartment, 
and I had it going. It was fire, and it was smoke, and I was filming. Well, one of the neighbors had called the police department, and they said, it looks like there's a KKK around the corner. <laughs> All I see is this guy in his hood, and it's just smoke in this hood. So the police department and fire department came, and they're knocking on the door, and I opened the door in my, in my costume. They're like, what the heck? <laughs> so I explained to what was going on. They said, yeah, the the neighbor called. And he, they just kept saying it was a KKK rally going on because of the hood. That's all they could wow. see. And he's like, I don't think you belong to the KKK. I'm like, eh, nah, no. Nah, Seems don't. unlikely, right? Seems unlikely. But yeah. All right. I'm going to bring us back to the wrestling thing for a second. Because knowing you, I suspect that you've thought about this, but if you were going to be a wrestler, what would your gimmick be and your finisher? Oh, man. I actually, honestly, I have not thought about that. My gimmick would... Bull. I swear. You've thought about this. Here's the thing. Like, ideally, in a perfect world, I would want my gimmick to be kind of like this Goldberg... Where I'm just this just unstoppable force, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but that's not reality. I don't. I can't pull that off. So, I, I honestly, I don't. I don't know, man. My gimmick, man. Man, listen. I, you know what? To me, I would kind of almost be like a biggie. I would just be that goofball <laughs> where, like, you know what? I got the size. I know I can. I can move. But I can make you laugh. And you know what I mean? I'm just that entertainment. I'm that entertainment value. But if you need me to go, I can go. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So I think I would be more kind of a, a Big E type um, finisher. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Why are you putting me on the spot like that, dude? Uh, it's an interview. What are you doing? I know, right? For, so a finisher, if I got to just like pick one finisher, it would be a submission, I think. It would definitely, definitely be a submission. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like. I'm gonna have to message you, and then you're gonna have to do like a update. Like, hey, Nightmage finally thought of his finisher. I don't know. That's all right. That's all right. Send it to me. I'd be curious to know. Yeah. I oddly enough, I had that conversation with another guy. He's the uh, um, the uh, I think alto sax for the funk band Here Come the Mummies because they used to have a chat room on their site. And he and I got to talking in there one day, and he said, "Oh man, I loved wrestling. I loved watching that." I said, "Well, what would you do if you were doing it?" He goes, "I don't know, man. I'd want to do a figure four, but everybody's done that." And I was like, "Well, you still got your dreads, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." I go, "Yeah, it's a figure four dreadlock, and just go with it." And I saw him at a show a little while later. I said, did you work on that figure four dreadlock? And his eyes got all big, and he pats me on the shoulder. Because the thing about the mummies is they don't talk if there's not music playing. If if you've never seen them... Okay, I'm sending you a link later. But if you've never seen them, it is my favorite live show of all time. And they are, they are just great fun. I've seen them like four or five times in concert. <clears throat> all right, Brad, Matt. Do you have anything else you'd like to uh, throw in? I wrestling. I I was watching YouTube today, 
and I came across it recommended some guy at C2E2 last year cosplaying Scott Steiner. <laughs> was he doing math? No, but he had like they had like an entranceway and they were doing like the siren music and he was flexing and doing all the stuff. You gotta know the math. <laughs> that is gonna probably that's honestly one of my favorite clips of all time. Scott Center math is, is amazing. It is because I love watching Petey Williams during that because he just stands there and like he's trying to follow his it and math figure it actually, out. Actually, he keeps the math pretty straight. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> you you want to know something? Yeah, it kind of works. Funny is he owns a Shoney's somewhere because he loves Shoney's. Some like Ackworth, yeah. Georgia, or something. There's there was the uh, he did a commercial. Where after he bought it, he and his brother like tore down the front of it and, to remodel and it. This says Scott Steiner, and like the subheader is "lover of Shoney's." <laughs> Have you ever seen the Scott Steiner workout video? I think I've seen clips of that. Oh my god! Listen, Maybe? after we, listen after we're done, just go go like go YouTube Scott Steiner workout video. But it is the most hilarious thing. He's got like girls in there. He's talking about doing rep with the girls. He saw it's, it's, it's absolutely just insane. I, I love him. The fact, the thing I love about him is like he he has such a self awareness, so he actually makes it better because he knows how to he knows how to play it up and there was a slammiversary where he was in a match and they did like the broken matt hardy stuff with him backstage and he's just calling everyone a fat ass and they like spray him with a fat asses like, spray him with this fire extinguisher and they're like chasing someone down in a golf cart and he's like look at everything the other guy's like like is this in, is it in my teeth like i think i look like a cloud and it's just him being scott steiner and it's amazing <laughs> Oh my god. Scott, Scott Steiner Scott Steinering is a is both an awesome and scary proposition and then, all in you one know, go. The fact that Jordan Grace is now Thick Mama Pump and his uh Canadian <laughs> illegitimate daughter or something. Yeah. <laughs> the uh the one thing I do remember from the like the brief clip of the Steiner video that I can recall is that he's like, this exercise is good for your back. You can never have a, ne- a big enough back. <laughs> it's like a giant, giant dude telling me, like, he, my back isn't big enough. And it is hilarious. And yeah, the commentary on the video, the guys who's like kind of talking about the video, it's hilarious too. Yeah, please go find this video. The, the, uh, the Scott Steiner workout video. It is it's gold. It's comedy gold. All right, I will, I'm writing that down right now. Man, he was such a freak in his day too. Like you watch these old videos, and he's doing like flips and stuff at his size. Dude, the Frankensteiner. I mean, yeah, I mean he when when he was with his brother. Honestly, like I I, I love the Steiner brothers. Um, I thought they were they were amazing. They were they had that. They're, they're kind of like the Road Wars. They had that athleticism, but the power, too. 
and then I don't know what happened. He just <laughs> he just flipped the switch and just Shed, who yeah. was that? Well who was that, that I think Mick Foley told the story, like he came in and he saw that he like it was a job guy and he came in and he saw that he was paired up with either the Steiners or the Road Warriors and he just walked out and quit wrestling on the spot. There was there were a couple of guys, they did that with both the Steiners and oh, okay. with Vader. And they were just like, I'm done. And they just walked out. Done forevermore. Um, we we did a, an episode a little while back. We did a, a tag team tournament that um, that put the Steiners all the way to the end. And in the course of it, Brad found a clip of Scott Steiner innovating the 450 splash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just like if you thought Brock Lesnar doing shooting star press was freaky. This is right up there with it. So what year was that? It's like eighty six. From like, yeah, yeah, it was real early. Oh, that's one I want to ask you. Since you're a cosplay guy and, and you would have been watching based on what you're saying, what did you think of the Great Muda? I love the Great Muda. Like, actually, probably one of my favorite feuds always has been Sting and Great Muda. Like. Whenever they were together, like that was some of the best matches to me I've ever seen. I love those matches. Uh, yeah, Great Muda was awesome. Um, just I love the mist. Like uh, he's just yeah, Great Muda. Love Great Muda. You know, Matt actually got to see him in MSG last year as a surprise at the Ring of Honor oh, Battle Royal. Yeah, he was a surprise. He was a surprise. That's that might be the first and only time I've ever seen Muda. I think I can't. He might have been on like a random Thunder WCW Thunder I saw like in the late '90s, but I don't quite recall. I was never that lucky with WCW. I think the best I ever did on one of their house shows was Tokyo Magnum. Oh. <laughs> wow. I did get to see live. I did get to see Goldberg Jackhammer Big Show live on a WCW house show. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. House show. I've always loved house shows. I, I've never been to a WCW house show, but I mean, house shows are so different. Like you can feel how how the wrestlers are more relaxed. They're just more free to kind of. You know, experiment with moves, and they're a little bit more free on the mic. It's just more, you know, yeah. House shows are a totally different atmosphere. Like I, I love TV's them. TV's too long. Like you have to sit there like during the commercial breaks and stuff. Like a house show just kind of goes. Yeah, but I, I mean, I will say with like with everything that's going on now, I'm not gonna lie. I miss the crowds. Oh, I can't. I. Like, I struggle there, with it. There's so many matches that were awesome, but it would have been even awesomer seeing the crowd reaction to them. Especially like lots of with WrestleMania, lots of with like across the board. A lot of these matches would just be like five star matches if they had that energy of the crowd too. Yeah. You know what I mean? That I, I, I really there's like, that. there's something I'm visceral convinced. about it that you that you need. Well, the crowd is the crowd is a big part of the show. You don't, yeah, yeah, because yeah, the, the crowd you feed on what they do. It's the only 
athletic thing you can go to where the crowd's input makes a difference in what you watch. You can go to the ball game and cheer for your team all you want to, but that's not necessarily going to make them play any better. But what you do in a wrestling show does make a difference. I, I think football, and if what football said, comes back, though, I think I'm going to have the same problem with that. Like You need, you need that crowd. What I was going to say about the... Um, at Mania with no crowds, I'm convinced, 100% convinced, that if there had been a live crowd for the payoff of the Mandy and Otis angle, Otis would be getting a bigger push right now because the crowd would have come apart. That would have been a bigger yep. reaction than than um, than Drew got beating Brock. I'm convinced. I, I agree. I, I actually, yeah. <laughs> I was telling them at the time when that angle was going on that um. If it was an indie show and not WWE, we would have gotten matches of like Sonya Deville and um, Otis fighting for the honor of Mandy, and it would have been great. <laughs> yeah, the, the you reminded me the last house show I went to go see was I think it was in like oh my gosh it was in the mid two thousands at Rupp Arena. Here's a let me give you a time frame. Shelton Benjamin and Carlito were having an intercontinental title match. Oh my! Yeah, and and they were goofing off and having a great time at it. The match of the night was Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels, and the big spot of the match is in the middle of it. Shawn goes to roll up Rick, Rick, and Rick stumbles away from it, but Shawn still got a fistful of his tights. Rick's doing a lap around the ring, dragging Shawn behind him, mooning the crowd the whole way. Um, yeah. and then, so of course the whole building's laughing, by the way, you, at the time, Ric Flair is just so popular. It's huge. He found a way to piss off people like turn the whole building on a dime. He's standing in Rupp arena and he says, home of the Kentucky Wildcats. Like, yeah! He goes, here's the thing. I'm from North Carolina. We know how to actually play basketball there. Whole building flipped immediately. And, um, and then my brother and I stayed long enough to see John Cena do his interest and left before John Cena Triple H even started and beat the traffic on the way out. So I see. I went. I haven't gone in a couple years. No, I went. I went two years ago to a WWE house show. I got to see a cage match which, I ne- which I'd never seen before. Um, I got to go to ECW when the real ECW was still around because I came here a couple times. Matt's got the stories about live shows. That's uh, if you hit the pause button right, I think uh, you can see Matt um, with uh, John Moxley's entrance at Double or Nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, he, yeah, um, man. I was sitting with our our friend Damien, and he, he Moxley came down uh, right on our aisle, and I was like, literally like, not right at the aisle seat, but I was like one seat in. And I just remember like him him walking down, and it was a complete shock. And I was just I think there is like a video out there or a picture somewhere out there where I'm just like open mouth shocked. That was I, um, cool. <laughs> I went to a Chikara show and the I think he was Farmer Frog at the time got eliminated from a battle royal and he was laying on me to sell afterwards. <laughs> like he literally like was on his back and he was just like resting his head in my lap like selling. <laughs> and that that's it you, that's always a line you never know how that, far you can go that go ahead Brent I'm sorry I, that was 
that was the only time I've ever sat front row because I think it was like 40 bucks. I'm like, well, I've got to sit front row. The, I, I just about fell into the front row at one show I was doing. Um, we were doing this big multi-man tag and dude comes over and, and hits me and I, I turn because I want to be able, I turn away from the apron because I want to be able to control my fall and not stumble into it. And it's a good thing that I did because the front row right where I fell, there were like four little girls right there. So I, if I, if I had like hit the ground and stumbled back like I would have, I would have crashed right on top of them. So I'm turning and I see them and I just pull my legs up under me and I land in like this crouch and then slump over on the floor because it was like, oh, oh God. I know I'm a heel, but wiping out four little girls would not have been a good uh, good thing to have happen. I would have been laying on the floor, and there would have been people just kicking me. So it, it used to was... be hilarious, like um, when Chuck Taylor used to work Independence. Like if you were sitting like near the ring, he would just walk <laughs> up to you and like take your water bottle or your your drink, and he would just chuck it across the building, and then just walk back to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and he used to scare children. Cause I remember. Um, they paid that off like another wrestler got like one of the kids to come out like had kids like come out of the audience and like chop him during a match. Dude, heels have all the fun. That's just what it is. Yeah, you pick you you find the right person. One of my favorite people to work with was a guy who should have made it but never did because they had this mindset of like, well. You're you're too small to be a heavyweight, but you're too big to be a cruiserweight. A guy by the name of John Noble. Um, John Noble could find a way to rip on a crowd and crack up everybody in the back because he did the. He we were at this show and he's out there talking. And he's ripping on it. He says, "By the way, this lady over here, if there are any children who are missing their Batman bed sheets, this woman has stolen those sheets and made pants out of them. So everybody needs to know." That that's what's happened, and in the back we're cracking up, but out there at ringside, there's some mad they can't see straight. So, I, I'm I'm loving what's going on right now because more people are getting exposure. Larry D, I've worked a match with Larry D before, and now he's doing stuff on Impact. It's I, I'm I'm actually pretty happy about it. So, well, guys, we've been at this for a little while. Um, do you have any other questions you want to put out there? No, I'm good. I, I enjoyed this. Like, uh, your your work is just outstanding. Thank you. And Thank I will, you very I'll much. Definitely, since I could not get on camera, if you are at a Columbus Con, I will show up and introduce myself so you can actually see what I look like. All right. Please do. <laughs> I mean, I, it'll be probably 2025. When, um, <laughs> but, I will be in yeah, my ha- I will be in my I, my um, federally issued hamster ball that I'm sure we'll we'll get before the um, the vaccine. <laughs> I keep meaning to get up to Columbus because Wes has a studio up there. I was going to do a shoot at with, but it just it's like yeah, at first it was like oh yeah new kid oh yeah new you, kid can't do it now and then it's like COVID Shad because yeah. I, you will gain five pounds because I will take you. I will take you to the best places around town. Like, mm. Brad, you got to remember, I'm. You want I'm, some real ramen? I will. I'm what Scott Steiner would call a fat I will, ass. I will already. take you to real ramen places. Like we have some outstanding sushi places, um, pizza. 
I will introduce you to Hot well, Chicken Takeover. Like, you guys, you guys get down into Kentucky. We'll go to in Lexington. I'll take you to my favorite steakhouse. We'll get you a Nighthawk. You'll, I'll sit there. I'll have one bite of mine, and I'll sit back and be happy. And you guys will have yours, and you'll be happy too. And we'll, we'll just all sit around with delicious Man, steak, being I, happy. We, I, I literally, the last time I went to Nashville, I gained five pounds because, oh my gosh, that, that. <laughs> the the food there is good. So. It's... Actually, all right. So you you asked me earlier, actually, what what I would like to do in the future, that. I would love to just be able to travel and just eat food at every city I stop at. Like, like be like you know, one of those traveling food critics. People, you want to be? Not... You want to work for Food Network? But here's the thing: I don't really want to critique the food. I just want to eat it. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I don't want to critique and stuff. I just want to be the fat ass and just eat everything. <laughs> Like I said, you want to work you for should, the Food Network. You should audition and do it like cosplay. Like, just don't tell them and just show up, like, in a different cosplay every episode. The Dude, only problem, I might run into copyright yeah. issues. Yeah. Mm. Do the pitch and make do the pitch and make Food Network sort out the legal stuff. It, well, here's the thing. It would have to be, like, you know how, like, uh, like Halloween stores, they'll sell, like, a Beetlejuice costume and then say, like, Ghost with white face costume. It's not, you know, you know, Beetlejuice. It's just like a ripoff. We, we call that. that an art bar costume. Yeah, I have to do all those costumes from Food Network. The 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 stripes okay. are a little like off kilter. Not quite right. Right. If it's really cheap, the stripes are horizontal instead of vertical. <laughs> yeah, I can just. It's like next on Food Network, and you just lean into the frame and go. I'm Batman, and I'm here to try your steak. And you lean back out. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to do. Well, okay. Here at the end, then, is there... The last thing I was going to say is this. is um, Because I know whenever I got into the hobby, um, this was this was still kind of an issue. And I know you've taken steps to it, and now I'm one of the lead members of a group that's that's trying to, to push against this, but at the time, cosplay had a lot of, like, big elitism to it. If you don't do this, if you don't make it this way, if you don't spend this much money on it, it's not good enough. It's crap. You know, what do you think you're doing here? Get out of my convention, that sort of stuff. And this was just from other other fans, right? So mm-hmm. I do want to say I, I do appreciate the... The amount of work that I've heard from times you speak and things like that about saying, look, this is yours. This is your version. Do it the way you want to. Um, and, and you know, who cares? As long as you're having fun with it, it doesn't matter. You know, if you bought it yourself, if you made it yourself, you spent 50 bucks, you spent 250 bucks, whatever. And I, you've done, I know you've done a lot of work on that. And I just want to tell you, you know, I know that's been pushing water uphill in some cases, but it's a lot of work that's appreciated. And I'm trying, you know, our group is trying to do it too. So we're, well, heck, you're part of our group. You know what the deal is. Right. I got you. Is there anything you wanted to say to our listeners before Um, we sign off? No, man. Um, First of all, I appreciate that that, that comment, and that that means a lot. Um, That that is actually a very important – that's a very important aspect of of cosplaying for me is is the inclusiveness and – 
having everyone know and believe that they belong regardless, you know, if they made it, bought it, their skill level, how long they've been, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, the cosplayer that just started today is the same to me is the same level as me. And I've been cosplaying for umpteen years. So yeah, so that, that means a lot. Thank you. Um, but no, uh, I, 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 that's it, man. Just, just thanks for having me on. And, and it's been, it's been awesome to talk about cosplay and wrestling. Like, to my <laughs> it's like awesome. It's uh, well, if you ever want to come back on, just let us know and we'll keep a seat warm for you. Um, yeah. I mean, we made that offer to others. Next time, I promise I'm gonna. I I will actually have my my laptop figured out. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> actually go into Google machines and figure out how to work it. <laughs> so there's no. It's all right. It's all right. It's all worked out. So, <laughs> all right. Well. Thank you very much for joining us. We do appreciate it. Um, Matt, Brad, anything you want to say here at the end? And I'll just uh, I'll just throw out it was great to have Nightmage on. I think this was actually a really fun interview. Um, and just as like a personal note, like we kind of just I, Nightmage probably doesn't want to make a big deal out of it, and it was just kind of like briefly mentioned. But I do think it was super cool that not only is he incorporating stuff that he loves, like the cosplay, but he's raised a, a ton of money for charity, which is something that I think is awesome. Like, you don't really hear about that sort of thing, especially with people who are, I guess, you know, quote-unquote, like, professional cosplayers. But, like, that's actually really awesome. Mm-hmm. Because it's, I mean, people like us, it's fun to just see all of his costumes and the different uh, stuff that he does. But to actually see him something that we would just find cool and really interesting and amusing that he's actually parlaying that into actually helping people out. That's something that he should be commended for. So I do commend you for that, even though, again, you kind of only briefly mentioned that maybe you're, you're shy. <laughs> you don't want to pat yourself on the back, but uh, I can pat you on the back for it. So I think it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You can be his Barry Darcel, Matt. <laughs> I, you yeah, know, I I always say, I've always said I need a Paul Heyman in my life. I can right here, it. man. Right here. Call a brother. <laughs> Seriously, Brad? I, need, I need a hype man because I'm terrible at it. I, yes. I, I, <laughs> Call me up. I'll record something for you. Brad, was there anything you were wanting to... No, I just want to echo Matt's sentiments. Like, I think, um, I think that's really great. It's nice to see... It's nice to see that you're doing something you love, but you're also giving a lot back to the community. Mm-hmm. thank you too thank you alrighty well guys um, thank you all for being with us for this episode we do appreciate it uh, make sure you hit up our social media platforms uh, it's uh, you know that's at the bumper we have at the beginning of the show but also Nightmage if they want to find you on social media and see your work where can they look for you yeah uh, on Facebook you can find me at Nightmage and on Instagram Nightmage1 and Twitter at Nightmage. And that's K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-G-E. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, then, if that's the case, thank you all for joining us. We've actually had Nightmage in the, with uh, myself, Matt, and Brad in all four corners. But if you want to tag in, please hit us up on social media. We would love to hear from you. This is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in all four corners. Thank you for joining in this week, and we'll see you next time.